Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are in every evolving community. What? Called to live. My God. Called to live. You know, I'm working on something right now. And, and one of the things I said in this project is that we often wonder, what is our assignment in life? We try to figure out, God, what do you have me here to do? What am I supposed to do? What's the work? What's my assignment? The assignment is simple. Live. Live. It ain't complicated. Not exist, not survive. Live. Call to live. Commanded to love. We know right now there's enough hate in this world. There's already poison in this world. We, we, we are low on love right now. And we have to learn to love. We have more than enough reasons. I, I look at social media sometimes and beyond getting sick at times. You know, it's, a, it's some people who wake up every morning with the agenda to be angry at somebody. To be mad about something. No, love. Love. It takes, it takes years off of your countenance. It lowers your blood pressure. Commanded to love and lastly, committed or commissioned and committed. I guess I could add that. Commissioned to serve. My God. If you think that God gave you all of that just for you, you're wrong. Everything God has given was not just for you. It was to serve another human being. There's nothing more noble on your journey than to serve another human being, to enhance the life of another human being, to make someone else feel valued and valuable like you feel. So here at FCBC, how do we say it, family? We live. Good. Excellent. Let me go. I won't listen. We ain't had a schedule. I have this time clock in my head, so I ain't going to hold y'all long. I'm going to get y'all out of here today. We have a goal for 2022. We want to be done with service in a particular amount of time. And some may be saying, well, no, no. Well, you know, we're going to try. We ain't had a schedule. I got to tell you, last Sunday I was doing some work and I wasn't here. My son had me shouting last week. I, I was like, my God. I was. I was at a hotel. I was about to throw my shoe at the TV, but I, I'd had to pay for it. So I'm ready to do that. Uh, so if you are able, you're standing with me today. If you're able, if not, I understand. Turn the gospel of Luke, Luke 1. It is a season of Advent. If you pay attention to the liturgical calendar, this is the fourth Sunday of Advent. Advent meaning arrival, coming, an arrival. Maybe some might have been waiting for something to arrive in this season. This is a season of arrival. Things are going to show up. Things are going to arrive. 
And in that vein, let me say this. There are things you pray for, but the greatest gifts are the ones you never saw coming. The stuff that shows up. I often talk about being blindsided by blessings. So this is the season of arrival. So in that same spirit, Luke 1, verses 39 through 45. And I'm going to read from the New Revised Standard Version and from the Message Bible. Welcome to those of you who are watching us virtually via live stream. Welcome to the FCBC experience. We are grateful, truly grateful for your presence. We do not take that for granted. Now everybody's surfing on Sundays. So if you surf and you land on FCBC, stop surfing. You have arrived. All right. <laughs> Luke 1, beginning at verse 39. New Revised Standard Version. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Let me read that in the Message Bible. I love the language of the Message Bible. Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country straight to Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leaped. She was filled with the Holy Spirit and sang out exuberantly, You're so blessed among women, and the babe in your womb also blessed. And why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me? The, the moment the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the baby in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. Blessed woman who believed what God said believed every word would come true. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Oh God, we're grateful. We're grateful, God, for this day, for this moment, for this sanctified sanctuary that you've allowed us to come together in. Dear God, let your word move today. Let it have its way, oh God. Let it Meet us in the points where brokenness has tried to define us. It will give us life, strength, and empower us. God, let your word do its work. And we'll be sure to get out of the way and let you have your way. Because God, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are so worthy. And on this day, we say amen. 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 Let, let me confess something as I read this again. I am grateful that God did not fully give me the gift of song. I'm going to tell you, because 
I would not get to preach on Sundays because I'd be busy singing every week. Y'all be sick of me. Can he get to the sermon? I'd be singing all the time, man. Because there's a difference. You know, I, I shared this some years ago. I was on my sabbatical. I do it every three years. And I was in British Columbia in Vancouver. And, man, I was feeling this worship song. And I was singing the song, man, and singing it. And I thought I sounded good. So good that I decided to record myself singing it. And it was then that I realized there's <laughs> a difference between what you hear in your ear and what is recorded. Because I very quickly deleted that recording. Because I realized that my ambitions were outweighing my gifts. Oh, and I put that one away. Okay, all right. <laughs> Let me read that again. Let me read that again. And I'll read it from the Message Bible. Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up, traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country, straight to Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leaped. She was filled with the Holy Spirit and sang out exuberantly, you are so blessed among women and the babe in your womb also blessed. And why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me? The moment the sound of your greetings entered my ears, a baby in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. Blessed woman who believed what God said, believe every word would come true. Amen. Do me a favor. Just just turn to him and ask him a question. Neighbor, why not believe? Come on, turn to the other neighbor and ask him the same question. Neighbor, why not believe? Now put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You take the seat. Why not believe? Why not believe? So much of this story is framed by belief and unbelief. I love Elizabeth's story because in this season of Advent, we have a tendency to focus and be fixated on the Jesus birth narrative. And, and, and not only Jesus, but his mother Mary and his father Joseph. We know that story, the nativity scene every year around this time. There are plays and television shows and TV programs that draw attention to the nativity scene. But in that season, that season of Advent, as they were waiting for arrival, there were so many stories that were happening at the same time. That's how life is often. That, that we sometimes think that when one thing is happening, we get tunnel vision and we fixate on that one thing. But oftentimes in our lives, there are numerous things happening at one time that all contribute to a larger story that we're not always aware of. And so this particular story is framed by belief and unbelief. You see, this season, this particular season in scripture outlines was not just about Advent and arrival for one woman. It was also about arrival and advent for her cousin, Elizabeth. She was a much older woman than her younger cousin, Mary. Elizabeth was to the point where she was past the age of bearing children. 
I mean, when you look in scripture from Old Testament to the New, there are countless stories of women who were barren and they experienced their own personal advent when God opened up the womb of possibility in their lives. And so here was this older woman, Elizabeth, who, and she said it, felt a level of shame over her life because she was not able to produce a child. Now, these were primitive times. There were no tests. The assumption was that if a woman could not have children, it was her fault. Well, now through science and technology, we know that that's not always the case. But back then, that was the assumption. Women took a brunt of the blame in those days for many things. Not just the inability to have children, but if you didn't have the ability to have male children, then you were viewed as still problematic and you walked and lived with a certain level of shame. I love this because before Mary's advent, Elizabeth experienced advent. She experienced the news of arrival. And it's amazing because the story begins with God sending an angel to speak to Elizabeth's husband, Zachariah, to tell Zachariah that her, that his wife, Elizabeth, was going to give birth to a child who would be the one to set the stage, set the table, lay the groundwork for the coming of Jesus. Zechariah was a priest as well. He was a priest. He was a priest. I got to say that he was a priest who should have believed what God was saying. He was a church person, a religious person, but he was more than that. He was a leader in the synagogue. And it's deep when you in the house, but the house ain't always in you. When you have the responsibility of declaring God's word, but not always believing it for yourself. Oh, that that may be one of the real tests if you believe, not whether or not you can believe for someone else, but if you have the capacity to believe for yourself. A whole lot of us in here know that if we're honest, we've prayed for people, talked to people, encouraged people, counseled people, but we didn't always have that same tenacity and faith for ourselves. And we somehow thought that was noble. And it is noble to be able to encourage someone and believe someone to a place of wholeness, to a place of accomplishment, to a place of their own belief is amazing. But what happened to you believing, not in you, but believing for you? To believe for yourself. When was the last time you spoke a word to you and you believed it? When was the last time you spoke a word to yourself and you believed it? You get no credit for playing humble when when humbleness and humility is not required at that moment. Yeah, you see, we know this. And I'm not saying humility is not necessary. Trust me, it is necessary, especially in this climate of rugged, rabid narcissism. It is a breath of fresh air to meet people who take humility seriously. But that's not what I'm speaking about. When God has spoken something into you, no, scratch that. When you have been blessed with certain abilities and gifts that have been ordained by the universe, you get no credit for playing small. Especially when what has been placed in you has been for the betterment of so many others. 
And it's not arrogant. Forget what other people say, because oftentimes we're, fra- we're fearful to speak in courage and belief about ourselves, worried about how it would be perceived by people. When at the end of the day, how you speak about you should not be dependent on how you are received by other people. That if you don't speak confidently about yourself, who will? If you don't affirm you, who will? You can't then have the inability to affirm yourself, then go groaning for other people's validation when you can't do it for yourself. And here's the good news. When you can do it for yourself, you won't go chasing it cryptically from other people. And so you have to be able to do that. So that when people say things to you that speak against you and you were waiting for them to validate you, but they did not do that. You are not crippled by their opinions, their thoughts, their ideas, because at the end of the day, if you feel good about you, you don't really care who don't feel good about you. Huh? Zechariah was in the synagogue doing the work, but not necessarily believing in what God could do. God comes to Zachariah. Listen, your wife is about to have this baby. This baby is going to be something else. He he is going to be mind-blowing. He's going to set the framework for this new move of God. Your son will be the sign that God is up to something new in this season. Your son, Zachariah, and Zachariah doesn't celebrate. He doesn't affirm it. He questions it. He doubts it because he's looking at the evidence and not listening to the word. How can it be? Me and my wife. (laughs) We don't don't get down like that no more. What? what? I mean... It's a nice thought. But he didn't believe what he heard enough. Watch this. To repeat it. I mean, that's the mark when you believe it. When you can repeat it. He couldn't even say it with belief. And here's what the angel of God said. Ben, you didn't believe what I said to you. Well, you'll be no longer able to say anything to anyone else. And from that moment on, he said, you will be silent, unable to talk until what I told you comes to pass. He didn't take anything away from Zechariah. He just limited his ability to speak because he didn't believe what he heard. So now watch this. God is moving. Wombs are about to open up. Not wounds, wounds are about to open up. Zechariah is speechless because of unbelief. And then while Zechariah didn't believe, the same angel goes now to a little girl and tells her something that was mind-blowing, something that assaulted everything she could possibly know to be true or even pure about herself. She was not married. She had no husband, and yet she would be pregnant. And the shame that would bring, watch this, Elizabeth, shame because she could not produce. God was about to break that. Mary, shame because she was not married and God was going to render that irrelevant. Because God was up to something. The angel speaks it to Mary. Mary, unlike the priest, Zechariah, who should have believed but didn't, this young girl believed what she heard. 
She believed it so much so that she ran to tell it. Gosh, she heard it and what? Ready to repeat it. And where did she run? I love the story because every part of these stories and scriptures mean something. It said she ran to the hill country. Man, she ran up the hills in the mountainous region to tell her cousin. And she didn't even know because the scripture said that from the time her cousin Elizabeth was pregnant, she was in isolation for five months. Nobody even knew. Oh, that's deep. The greatest breakthrough of her life, and it was experienced in solitude. Oh, not in this age. We ready to tell everything immediately and post it. We want people to know what we eat eating, where we at, what we wear, where we going, what's the background. We want to tell everybody we are cultural exhibitionists and don't even realize it. And if there's exhibitionists, then that means they're also cultural voyeurs. We are extremely voyeuristic. We want to know what everybody else is doing with their life. And then we do it every day, intoxicated by wanting to be nosy. We do it every day. And here's a deep thing. We do it every day, only deepening our own forms of depression and anxiety because we're always looking at what other people are doing and then trying to figure out, well, what am I doing with my life? I mean, look how good their life is. Look how fabulous their life is. Look at the place they're going. And my life can't be that exciting. What am I not doing? What should I be doing? And here you are now assessing the value of your life off of a snapshot of somebody else's Insta life. You ain't got to tell everything. One philosopher, John Paul Sartre, said, hey, listen, he said, everything is beautiful and everything brings joy. And the only way you mess up the things that are beautiful and joyful in your life is to tell another human being. Because people will ruin what is beautiful. Right? She's sitting there with this great news and she's there by herself. But then one day with this great news in solitude that God has moved and has opened up what she thought was closed and has brought life where she thought was death. Then the door knocks. And her husband, her, her, husband, her cousin walks in. And this is the part you got to pay attention to. When Mary walks in and greeted her cousin, the womb that had been barren, the baby starts moving. And watch this. Elizabeth, who doesn't know the conversation that her cousin had, senses what was happening. Mary has no signs of pregnancy. She just got the word. But when she enters Elizabeth's house, Elizabeth sees her and says, blessed are you. And blessed is the baby you carry. Elizabeth went from being barren to seeing, to speaking. In other words, it's deep. When you meet another human being, whether you're male or female, whether you're female or male, watch this. When was the last time, let me speak to my sisters first, and then my brothers too, because we all have wombs that we carry possibilities to give birth to. When was the last time you had a womb connection? That you connected because something was alive in you and it said something was alive in someone else. And all of a sudden, there was a connection made out of possibilities that would abound. She 
sensed it when she entered and greeted her cousin Elizabeth's womb, started moving. The baby was leaping for joy. And she started telling her cousin what her cousin came to tell her. Oh, you got something special you carry. I know too, because I got something special I'm carrying. And we both got something special. And the ones we're carrying each got their assignments. My God, she was able to celebrate another person's breakthrough. What happened to those days? We didn't meet people with envy. We met them with celebration. But what they were doing. And what was happening in their life. You have not really matured as a human being when you allow jealousy and selfishness and envy to infiltrate your own spirit. Your maturation level has been stunted when you can't celebrate another human being. And you know those people. I mean, I could talk about this every day, every week. We know folk like that. You bring them good news and they give you the fake smile. <laughs> the half heart. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you you excited. You share with them. Well, that's nice. Watch them. I want people in my life who they, they outpace my excitement. Where their joy doubles my joy. Because that's when you know you have a friend. And someone who cares. And someone who loves you. But go deeper. When they can celebrate what you have and they don't even have it. Oh, gosh, because there's some people who say, you know, I'm glad you finally caught up to where I am. But there's some people who say, no, your breakthrough inspires me to be patient for what God is about to do in my life. No, my gratitude is not something I keep for myself. I show gratitude for what God is doing in your life. She's happy. She said, blessed are you and blessed is the baby in your womb. And here's the part I want to get to. Here's how it is. She said, and blessed are you because you believed what was spoken to you. Oh, God. Blessed are you because you had the audacity. To believe what God said would happen. I'm going to say that again. You are blessed because you did more than hear it. You believed it. You believed it so much that you were not afraid to share it. Let me back up again. You know, sometimes you sense something and feel something. And you know it came from another source, another quarter, another sphere. You know it was an inbreaking of, of divinity in your head and in your ears. And then, and then watch this. You know you heard it. You know you felt it. And then you're afraid to share it because then watch this. What if it don't happen? I don't want to look crazy. Putting this big thing out there. One, the inability to share what you know has only come from the divine source is because you allow your insecurity to overwhelm what you heard. Because it will creep. Oh, it shows up. It shows up. And I said this before in other, place, in other spaces that you will always know the depth of your insecurity, not because it's present when it rears its head. 
When you are at the edge of a dream about to be fulfilled, then is where it creeps. It starts speaking to you. You start having conversations that nobody else is in the room. You start hearing it. And, you, and it's not even a conversation because you're too afraid to speak back to the negative voice you're hearing in your head. And you allow the negative voice to dominate the conversation. You just sit there passively hearing all this negativity. Well, you know you are lucky to get this far. I mean, you're not really the best person for this. And this ain't the enemy speaking, because oftentimes the enemy in your head sounds like you. The conversations we have in private where we sabotage our own possibility are amazing. That we hear something, we know it's God. We feel the level of divinity in what we've heard. But that insecurity rises up and it begins to take root in our minds and have its way with our hearts and disrupts our spirits and, 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 and brings toxic ideas to our soul. And the thing we were sure of, now we're not too sure. And not only are we not too sure, now we start to be co-collaborators for our own misery. No, they, yeah, how did I get this far? And maybe I've been lucky all this time and I better not press my luck. And I mean, where I am now is further than I ever thought I would be anyway. So why go any further? I mean, this is all God. And, and, and you know what? I'm fine with this. It may not be the thing I first heard or first saw, but did what? guess what? It's more than I ever thought I would have in my life or further than I ever thought I would get. So why, why, watch this, why dishonor God by not being grateful for where I am? See how you spiritualize it? Now you're bringing God into your own insecure conversation. I mean, I got to honor, I mean, God did this. I wouldn't have gotten where I am without God. It ain't about whether you got where you are, it's where you're supposed to get. And how much do you believe? So when you hear that word, you sense the rising of your gifts because it's not always a word from God. It is the arising and the arrival and the maturation of things you dreamt about, of gifts that are now coming to fruition. And here you are doubting the moment. And not fully doubting, but doubting enough to accept where you are now. Not understanding that there's more to come. And you start talking yourself out because better is all you really wanted. Not the best. So when you hear that word, you start talking yourself out of it. But why not believe it? Why not believe? Even if it seems crazy, sounds crazy. Why not believe it? It came to you. Which means it was meant for you. You didn't get insight just for others. Every now and again, God will drop it for you. you know, the whole lot of folks come up to you. You know, I got a word for you. I got a word for you. 
What about when you hear that and God says, I got a word for you to carry it for somebody. And there have been times that it's happened to me where God has put in my spirit, listen, you need to talk to so-and-so and encourage them to do X, Y, and Z. And then, and then there'll be these months when God says, I got a word for you. Like, okay, Lord, who I need to talk to now? God says, you. My word for you is the gift to you. I can't tell you how many Sundays I've stood in this pulpit and preached and I didn't think anybody listened because the word wasn't just for you first. How can it not hit me when it comes through me? So been many a Sunday when I spoke and preached in that moment and afterwards I sat in my office and said, God, thank you. I needed to hear that. Because sometimes God gives you word for you. God has spoken. So why do you believe it? Because you know where it came from. Why not believe it? If you know the source, you know it in your heart. Don't second guess it. You know when God has spoken. You know when God has said something. You know when God has made it clear. And not just God, but then there are other people that God will send your way to validate and affirm the words you heard. And they may not be people you expect. They may not be even people you like. But that's the real measure. When folk you don't know, people you don't like, come and verify a word you heard. God is trying to tell you, listen to what I've been saying to you. Stop running from it. Stop being afraid of it. God has spoken. That's why you believe. That's one. You believe it because you know it came from God. I mean, you ever had that moment when you heard something? And all of a sudden when you heard it, the trees started moving. The wind started blowing. Sounds that you didn't pay attention to now make sense. I remember when a former trustee at this church called me in 2003. I was in the downtown YMCA with Trey and my daughter Jasmine. They were swimming. And I was sitting on the side watching, reading the book. Right? I was reading the book. I never forget the book. The book at the time was a book called The Myth of Sisyphus by Albert Camus. The idea of just figure Sisyphus who was just continuing life rolling the boulder up the hill and he was I mean it's a longer story to it, but that was his curse he just had to repeat the same thing every day I mean there's a whole lot of us who repeat the same things every day and trying to find new meaning out of old routines it's every day I was reading the myth of Sisyphus and I had been going through my own boulder rolling up the hill experience and then all of a sudden I get this call and the call was very simple. Mike, would you be interested in applying for the position of pastor at First Corinthians? Here's what I said. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm good. Everything was beautiful. Plans were moving. Things were happening. And then I thought the phone. And I remember getting, I said, boy, is he tripping? And when I hung on the phone, all of a sudden, my heart started beating faster than it had ever beat before. I felt like I was short of breath. I was like, oh, my God, did something happen? I thought I was having a heart attack. I remember watching the kids when they got out. I still was feeling a little off. Got in the car, I got home. I ain't going to tell you what I said when I got home. But I knew what this meant. I was supposed to leave. It, it wasn't a directive. It came by way of a question. And the question was divinely ordained. And then my body reacted to what my head was mad about. 
I knew it was time to go. Why not believe when you know God has spoken? Well, then let me get this piece and then we'll be gone for the day. I'll let you go. Why not believe what God has said when you've already demonstrated the beautiful capacity to believe in what is against you? I mean, you've already believed in the negative stuff. You got a lot of practice on that. You got a lot of practice in undermining yourself, talking against yourself, believing what the people say about you, internalizing the negativity that has been spewed upon you by people who in their own right could not be courageous enough to live the life they were created to live in. So you believe their words. You believe the feeble words from feeble people with feeble minds who don't believe in the possibility for their own self. And now they speak against you and you internalize the words from feeble people. And you then start feeling that what these people said to you is actually true versus what you know to be true in your own life. And so you walk around with internalized negativity, not believing the possibilities for yourself. You actually live on the words of people who don't have your divine connection. And if you've done a great job of listening to the things that have been spoken against you, why not try the stuff that is spoken for you? Why not get to a point in your life to start saying, listen, I've lived a life of believing in the things about myself that have undermined who I am. Why not now start changing my approach and start to believe that there truly is more for me than is operating against me? I wish I had somebody in here who could understand the nature of that. You need to get to a point in your journey where you can say, I practice being negative. Now I'm going to practice being positive. I practice doubting. I'm now going to practice believing. That's the assignment you have. Now believe. You have the emotional muscles to do it because you've demonstrated those emotional muscles to doubt you. Now believe in you. And no matter what time is on the clock, no matter what day it is or how late in the day it is, you heard something in the noonday of your life. And now you are in the twilight. And you think that noonday is gone. No. No. Those noonday aspirations that were birthed in the morning of your journey don't die when the sun sets. There's no better time than right now to start believing in you. There's no better time then right now, to start a new journey, go on that adventure. Take that risk. Step out on faith. Take a chance. And let God blow your mind. I mean... You've been sitting around looking like somebody who's been waiting. Well, guess what? It's time. It's time. And so why not believe? And not just believe, but do the one thing you've been afraid to do. You can't tell everybody everything. But there are people who've been ordained to celebrate you.
And you know who they are. Mary ran out that house and went right to her cousin, who she hadn't seen in months, but she knew somehow this is who needs to hear my story. And when she opened the door, before Mary got a word out, Elizabeth already knew, oh, you're blessed. Blessed are you. Blessed is a child you're carrying. Because, see, I love to be surrounded by people who believe with no evidence. She couldn't see it. But Elizabeth knew that her cousin's due season was on the way. How? Because hers was on the way. Beloved, why not believe? Why not take a chance? When was the last time you bet on you? When was the last time you spoke that word to you? When was the last time you encouraged you? And I don't mean do it because here's a, here's, a, here's a part. You've been doing it. You were doing it while speaking against you. Watch this. Watch how you accelerate the doing when you start speaking for you. You're worthy. It's your time. You deserve it. Why not now? You prayed. Now believe. You've cried. Now believe. You hoped. Now believe. You've had sleepless nights, brutal days, moments when sadness has overcome you and doubt was having its way with you. You're worthy. So now believe. Let what you've heard catch up with how you feel. And when, with, when your faith starts being in alignment with your actions, let me blow your mind. Your actions have been carrying you and they have not had the cooperation of your belief. Now imagine when your actions start collaborating with your belief. The world ain't even ready. For what's going to happen. You. Little you. Will turn this world upside down. It's like Greta Thornburg. Little girl. Started taking her sign outside the parliament building. Protesting climate change. She goes from that. To being a person a year for Newsweek. Being a global activist for climate change. Little her. Wasn't nothing special. She just never let go of her belief that she could make a difference. You have the same ability. There's nothing wrong with wanting to leave a mark on the world. Especially when you want to leave a mark that impacts other people. Mm -mm. If not now, when? 
if not you, for what? To do what you've never done. To be what you've never been. To go where you've never gone. It's your time, beloved. It's your time. In fact, if you're courageous right now, if you're brave enough, I dare you to speak it to yourself. It's my time. I dare you to speak that to yourself. It's my, see y'all clapping, but I need y'all speaking. It's my time. You waited for this all your life. It's my time. You've been dreaming about it now. Dream while your eyes are open. It's my time. It's my time. I let go. And I let God. But watch this. I let God. And then I let myself go. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back 